Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. It's 2.47. I'm Lisa. Thanks for joining us on 720 WGN. I was talking about that article on businessinsider.com. It's written by Corey Wintz, and um, it's all about changes at restaurants. And what's interesting is they said they're, they're struggling to find enough qualified workers. At the start of 2023, the National Restaurant Association found that there were 400,000 fewer people employed in hospitality industries than in 2020. And 87% of restaurants were operating with insufficient staff. And that results in unhappy customers. You know how that goes. Is Corey with us? We have him on the phone. Oh, hey, Corey, how are you? Great. Is this Lisa? Yeah, it is. I really like the article because on Fridays we talk about food and and um, and you're right. People are very cranky. Diners are stubborn and they don't want to change. What was the most impactful thing you thought you pointed out in this article? This article. I think, and, and I apologize because I'm actually in a, in a pizza place with my, my daughter right now, so I might be a little bit distracted. Um, but in you know, in looking into this, it's um, it's just that uh, it's almost like the the, the gutter ball in, in, in bowling. I'm a terrible bowler, but like the gravity of change in restaurants always going back to the customer is always right, and I think that that mantra that's been quite. Um, poisonous long-term to the industry and always bowing to the customer, even when it puts, you know, uh, uh, employees in danger, even when it threatens profitability. Um, and at a time when restaurants really are trying to figure out how can we change to really be uh, part of the future of this industry, uh, part of a model that makes more uh, financial sense for, for all the stakeholders, you know, time and again, the obstacles like, yeah, but customers, customers won't like change. Uh, and that's the most frustrating thing. And you're right. I also think it's a generational thing because I remember my parents always drilling that in my head. I would hear them when they would make a complaint about something. Well, the customer's always right. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. And and now I have a son who works in retail, and he'd be the first to tell you that the customer is not always right. Usually they're wrong, but they want to stand on that hill and say they are, they're right. And by the way, Corey, I mean, it's mathematically uh, impossible. Are you doing deep dish or are you doing thin? It's a it's a thin crust uh, style pizza. She's four years old, so this slice oh, yeah. of pizza should take her a good fifteen <laughs> or twenty. Uh, so I'm also intrigued because you talked to Rick Bayless, one of our locals here in Chicago, who we mm-hmm. admire very much, and he's talking about dynamic pricing. I'm telling you what, Mm -hmm. I saw that come to the world of concerts, and it became very frustrating. We're all used to it Mm -hmm. when it comes to securing an airplane seat. Tell everybody what what dynamic pricing is when it comes to restaurants. Sure, and I think we're we're innately familiar with it when it comes to airlines, hotels, concerts, and the idea that price fluctuates based on time and demand. Um, And I think we see it when... When we see it, we're most op- often at that point where we're being exploited by it. You know, the idea that, oh, we want this thing last minute. Why did the price double? It's very frustrating. In restaurants, it's extremely rare. Uh, Rick Bayless has started using it at one of his restaurants, uh, uh, Temple of Bobo, I believe. 
uh, in Chicago just a few months ago. And, you know, I know a couple restaurants who are doing this and they're not doing this to, to generate more revenue. They're doing this because classic problem in restaurants is you got a good restaurant. It's popular. you got a strong customer base. You don't have a problem filling seats on Friday and Saturday. You do have a problem giving regular hours and maintaining inventory with all your staff and all your suppliers when you're dead on Monday, Tuesday. The idea is if you can lower prices on those nights, you can incentivize more foot traffic and you can stabilize your revenue and your hours and your staffing and all that. Uh, that's what I've seen a few people doing. And that's what, that's what he's done. Um, he simply uh, got a lower price uh, on some weekdays and they're, they're early days with them seeing how it works. I think the key with dynamic pricing is, is always just transparency with customers. If mm-hmm. it's a hidden fee, uh, if it pops up while you're doing the paying and you didn't know about it before, you're going to be angry. But if it's, if it's explained in advance, particularly if the reasons are explained, I think it often seems quite reasonable. Right, because he said it's going to be more sustainable financially. And, of course, it's, it's, a, it's a way to keep long-term employees on board. Um, because you you can pay them better. Let's talk about tipping. Um, one of our one of our <laughs> people on the show last night ate at one of Rick Bayless's restaurants, and there was a twenty percent service charge on there. And he tipped anyway. He thought that mm-hmm. perhaps that you know might not go to the server. If you do see a twenty percent service charge, that is in lieu of a tip, right? Yeah, I think the majority of restaurants who have adopted the service charge, and you know, I can go all day on the subject of tipping, is they're saying <clears throat> we don't like the old model of tipping, which is effectively subsidizing their labor costs and pretending that twenty percent of revenue is a gift on the behest of the uh, on behalf of the customer to the servers uh, in a format in which the customer has never had any transparency into how those tips are distributed. Uh, and a service fee is one way you can do to stabilize that. It actually costs restaurants more. They have to pay payroll tax on it because it's now treated as revenue uh, and not as a gift. It's treated as sales. Uh, and I think the, the restaurants that do it really well, they put right on the menu where this money is going. You know, this goes 100% to staff, uh, whether it's the sharing with the kitchen or not, and or what kind of benefits they offer. I think when you're able to offer that kind of explanation to the customer and they can see it, they go, oh, yeah, and a business should be in charge of compensating their staff fairly. It should not be up to the whims of the customer. And I think most customers agree with that. They believe that that responsibility should fall on the shoulders of the person that owns the restaurant. Um, And as we know, not everybody tips equally. Sometimes they discriminate for a variety of reasons, the way the person looks, the color of their skin, uh, maybe their gender or or because they don't identify with a gender. So, again, if you want great employees in the restaurant industry, you have to be able to offer them a viable wage and health care premiums. When you were doing research for your story, did you find that many of these people who do have a service charge are paying better and offering health care premiums? Yeah, more often than not, that is the case. I think occasionally you run into issues, and now we're running into a larger issue with, you know, this federal bill, uh, the, um, the FTC um, is uh, moving forward with this uh, proposed ban on uh, uh, hidden and deceptive practices, uh, I think the terminology, but it's basically targeting um, junk fees. Uh, and they're specifically targeting, I think, the hotel and the concert industries 
that are sort of have all these tacked on fees. And unfortunately, it's come to encompass service fees in restaurants, um, which are you know the exact opposite. And in many cases, you can find restaurants where they're telling you it's exactly going to pay these people. Um, but without you know, if you don't have that, the customer doesn't understand. Uh, and when I you know was looking at all these studies, you know, there's 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 studies that demonstrate everything you're talking about. Almost all of them by Michael Lynn of, of Cornell University, which say yes when explained to customers that they would rather people be compensated fairly by the business than depend on tips. However, in others, you know, comparable studies, you also see when you talk about raising prices to accommodate paying people fairly. Customers go, whoa, 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 whoa. He didn't say anything about that. So there's sides to it. And why why have they figured that out in Europe and not in America? Um, anybody who travels is pretty familiar that in Europe, you might just leave them a euro or two for outstanding service. Uh, and there doesn't seem to be any service charge associated with that bill. I guess it's just built into the price of the food then, right? And there's plenty of com- countries that have that, and the, the the thing is, they didn't figure it out in terms of get ready, getting rid of tipping. They never had tipping in the first place, so it wasn't about abolition. It was about they already had a system that works, and yes, that means they need to factor in living wages, hopefully living wages, into the price of goods and services rather than artificially present a menu price price that is an illusion. You know that it's really like one fifth lower than the actual cost of the meal. Uh, some people are texting in. They believe that tips make the server work harder. <laughs> What's your response to that? Yeah, I mean, this is the classic economic argument uh, that the you know the incentive uh, for good service is tips. If that's true, you know how much do you tip your your dentist, your electrician, uh, your accountant, etc. You know, I can go on, but there are right. plenty of people who do not depend on tips. I'm going to presume you. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, perhaps the same people who are calling in are also paying 20% of your income because that's how you earn it. Probably not. Most of us do our job well because we want to do a good job and we are compensated fairly for it. And if we're independent, we own our own business, we set our own fees. Um, I think it's nonsense, the idea that people would only work hard with tips as incentive. Um, and there are people who believe that and then people who believe even further that it's an acronym for to ensure prompt service, which is already misspelling the word insure. <laughs> Great point. Enjoy your pizza with your daughter and people can check out this article on businessinsider.com. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Have a great day, Chicago. Yeah, Corey Mintz, businessinsider.com. The title is Restaurants Across America Are in Crisis Because of Stubborn Diners. Steve's News comes up next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.